Good evening, everybody. Thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, we are again honoured to have one of the greats of Grisby Town with us. Uh, not just Bruce, Ian and Henry, uh, but uh, Craig is here with us. Craig Disley, who has spent most part of your career now at Grimsby, wasn't it? It was a quite illustrious and long one, but um, the longest time was at Blundell Park? Yeah, six years, yeah. So um, I, I did five at Bristol Rovers, so I managed to, to trump it by a year. So uh, yeah, great times and uh, something to look at with uh, with great memories. Brilliant. And we'll, we'll go through all your questions. Uh, we'll, um, we'll talk to Craig about his career. Bruce has got some goals loaded and ready to go. I was, wa- I was watching some uh, your greatest goals for Mansfield and there was an incredible, I mean, the most that I was taken with was the wonderful blonde locks. Oh, let, let, let's not talk about that. <laughs> uh, still get ribbed to this day. <laughs> I mean, we all had curtains back in the day. No one can, none of us can say anything else. Uh, I was just trying to hide the ginger hair there. That was the issue. That was the problem. So, But before the gents get underway, obviously relatively local in the terms that you were born in Worksop. Did you used to come to Cleethorpes as a kid? Or were you uh, no. No, yeah, it was more Skegness, Mablethorpe if, for, for a day out. So uh, unfortunately, never had the chance. But um, Lucky escape. I don't know. Made up for it since. It's, it's a lovely place. No complaints from me. <laughs> Gentlemen, is there anything you want to start off with? Bruce, what was the first goal you had loaded up? Oh, the first one is not a good one. Remember this what? one, please? <laughs> I do remember that Straight one. Straight through the middle. Nicely taken down. And laid one. off. Look out. There's a chance here. That's a goal. Easy. Easy. I reckon it's Craig Disley. Remember that one, Bristol Rovers? Uh, I think I think we won the we came back and won the game, didn't we? Yeah, 4-3 I think it was in the end. Um, but uh, I actually um, just remember that game because I got a brand new pair of boots that day. Um, and one of the lads actually rubbed my foot and said you're going to score with your left peg and I, I never scored my left peg so uh, for that to actually happen um, it was quite a good goal as well so um, yeah good memories from from my time at the club as well so uh, <laughs> who knew that I'd be uh, applying my trade at, at Blunder Park after that I've actually got um, there's one that I'll just come on just to show now which is uh, your first one for town we had a little bit, little bit of digging around to find this one you remember your first goal? Believe it or not, I was actually watching the highlights on YouTube the other day for some reasons. <laughs> so I haven't got yeah. the other two goals, but but actually, your first goal for anybody that doesn't know, and I didn't know if I'm honest until I had a little bit of a look last night, was uh, away at York. And um, in that game, was it who was it scored? Somebody scored a brilliant cycle kick. Then he was it um, Jason Walker. I think Jason it was, Walker yeah. scored a really good goal that made sort of not made sort of national headlines that weekend. Um, and uh, the other one was uh, was it Ashley Chambers? I think. Yeah, he scored the winner, yeah. He scored yeah. the winner a couple of minutes from the end, but uh, here's yours. Now, when I watch this, and we'll have to give a little bit of commentary for the... Uh, there is no commentary, but we'll have to describe it for those listening. But uh, it looks a pretty standard Disley burst from midfield when it starts off. Just show the lads. Oh, the ball in the centre circle. Diz on a run through the middle. But actually goes wide for a crossing and a looping Disley header, which we've seen before as well. When you first watch that, lads, you, you think he's going to burst through the middle, but obviously the centre halves are quite speedy. Oh, I take offence to that. So. <laughs> Let's watch it again, man. Let's watch it again. Man. I thought you were going to just go through the middle and carry on going. I think it was a bad touch, to be fair. Well, that was, but that was nice. Who's that on the wing? Do you know? Uh, Rob Duffy, I think. Duffy, is it? Yeah. And then a looping header to uh, to finish it off. We've seen those before. But uh, I'll yeah, save the rest for later. I'll save the rest for later. I'm yeah, looking... to be fair, it's a decent goal actually. But um, the one and only that season, though, as a as a goal scoring midfielder, wasn't a great return in my first year. So um... it, it's interesting that you take less offence to being called slow, but to uh, having a bad touch there as well, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think um, I think like you said, I don't think I was ever going to be able to dribble all the way through. So get it and give it wide and get in the box and a good cross from Rob Duffy and a decent header. You certainly had a good touch when I was watching some of the goals for Mansfield. There's a goal that you scored against another uh, club to come in terms of Bristol Rovers. Uh, quite a good couple of little stepovers before. Uh, a quite a neat lob, if you remember that one. Yeah, I'd, look, I'd actually look really quick on them videos as well. So um, that was obviously a few years ago. But um, no, it was uh, it was nice to... Cause the video only came up recently. So uh, to be able to see them goals, I've not seen my, my Mansfield goals for, for a long, long time. So... Um, to, to see them now and have them on YouTube to have a look at if they ever ever want to have a look it's it's great so um, it just seems such a long time ago now it's it's unbelievable 
you, you you've always been really well sort of suited to clubs and when you've you've gone somewhere you tend to to to, to take root um when you um obviously had really good careers at Mansfield and Bristol Rovers at Shrewsbury hit with a few injuries um were you were you obviously disappointed to leave and is that you were saying that was one of probably your only regrets from an interview I read a few years ago yeah I think um to be fair, my whole career I've been lucky with injuries. I've never really, really suffered. So um, to go to Shrewsbury, I think I got injured in the first month of the season and and virtually didn't really get fit for the whole of the whole of that season. Um, came back the second year was was told by the, the new manager that I was a big part of the plans and started the season really well. Um, got injured again around around Christmas time and then sort of got rushed back into the side and played a couple of games but then after that sort of got dropped out the whole squad for no reason and, and never played again that year so um, it was it was a strange strange couple of years really and like I say it is the one regret that I do have because like you said when I when I go to a club I tend to stay there for a while you know, I've only had four four clubs in you know, nearly a 20 year career which is which is quite a rarity in professional football so um, yeah it was one, one regret but um you know the, the silver lining to it was I uh, I ended up at, at Grimsby and and never looked back really. Did you when you came to Grimsby? Did you have any reservations? Obviously, we'd got obviously we'd gone non-league at the time. Was that a was that a hard pill to swallow? Was it something you were looking forward to? Um, I think w- when I first left left Shrewsbury, um, I'm not going to lie. I thought I would find a, a football league club pretty easily, to be honest, um, but. It just never, never materialised. But um, you know, I spoke to, spoke to Paul uh, a couple of times and went down to meet him, um, and and loved everything that was about him and about Rob as well. Um, and I had no no qualms in in signing. It was um, it was a new challenge for me, and you know, a big club in in the conference at that time, and it was a challenge that I was looking forward to and, and really excited about. I know it probably changes from player to player, but. Did you know much about the club beforehand, and was it something you were aware of? Or uh, obviously, I didn't know a great deal about the club. I, I won't tell you what my uh, what my mum called the um, the alleyway leading up to to the ground. So, uh, <laughs> but um, it was. I don't think it was a it. It wasn't a glamorous club. I don't think by uh, by any means. But um, I think when you when you are a part of it, it's it's such a such a good club to be a part of. You can't. You can't really describe. I think um, the fans are are brilliant. Um, obviously, the first couple of years was a little bit in and out, and there was a lot of doom and gloom when it came to the club. A lot of negativity about the place. But um, you know, in the time we was there, we managed to turn that around and, and turn it to real positive. Because you, I mean, the first few games were a real baptism of fire and sort of an adir of, of of town supporting i guess there was the the five nil defeat against braintree was your second game yeah. in the league if i remember rightly um it took a, a few games to to get into it um what was did you have any reservations then or was it just a case of you could see green shoots already coming through um i think i think to, like you said the start especially the braintree game um i remember arriving at the ground and just thinking what's happened to my career here <laughs> a little bit <laughs> and um and then to go and get dicked five nil and um i remember that obviously i was twitter at the time I was, I was quite new to twitter at the time and um some of the abuse on there was quite uh quite quite hard to take sometimes but like you say we, we managed to turn it around and it was a it wasn't a spectacular first season by any stretch of the imagination but it was um and I think we finished probably 11th, 12th, I think that first year, which wasn't brilliant. But um, I think it sort of stood us in good stead. To, and it, I knew then what the league was about and we can really, you know, push on and have a good crack after that. Snap our bloody hands off for 10th and 11th. <laughs> um, what was it like playing under two managers? I mean, that's got to be a diff- bit different, hasn't it? Yeah, it was It was a bit strange. It was not um, something I've been used to. And, you know, you, you have a gaffer and if you're you're calling gaffer and two people turn around. It's a bit of a strange one to know who you're talking to, but um, to be fair, it, it seemed to work. It worked well for them and their dad's success in at previous clubs. But um, in the end, obviously Rob had his issues and stuff with the club. And, um, and when he left, I think it really helped us progress and 
and build from there. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. feel hard to pry, but what sort of um, what sort of changes were there? Was it, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I think it's. I think the main thing. I think it's probably just just the one one voice that you, you had to listen to um, and take your instructions from. I think obviously it's two different managers. I think they probably had different views on how they wanted to play, etc., and and different players. And I think having just that one main voice and uh, to listen to was was better for us and better for the club. Um, and I think that, well, the proof that it, it worked in the end. Do you gents want to ask anything when we've got to this point now so I can write some notes down? Anybody want to have a um, question? Yeah, Craig, just sort of when you went down to just working with Paul, did your role in particular change in terms of what he wanted you to do or was it um, just sort of more general things around the club? Uh, no, I think it was, I think from... It was it was his way then, and that was that was how it was going to be. Um, I think I've I've said before, Ersty um, was brilliant with me, um, but he was he was also a bit harsh on me at times as well because I think he he saw me as the the leader in the dressing room. Um, I wasn't a big talker, a big shout on the pitch, but I was sort of a a lead by example kind of captain. And um, yeah, he, he was he was harsh on me sometimes, but I think that sort of was better for me as well because it kept me on my toes and made me up my standards and up my game for the team and and like I say I think it, it worked out great in the end um, Something you alluded to a moment ago about not having a great goal scoring season in the first year like you mentioned you only got one the goal at York um, but then in the next two seasons you were up with the club's top scorers I think with uh, eight and nine goals in the years was there a particular reason for that change was it just more use to the league or was there any change in tactics? No, I, I don't know really because uh, I'd always scored goals in my career and obviously that first one, it's not like I didn't have chances to score goals in that first year. I remember many times I should have scored more goals. So um, I think just sometimes you're right place, right time and it, it just clicks for you. Um, and I say after that first season, I, th- I think it was, was it 39 in my next five seasons, which is as a midfielder, is a, something I'm quite proud of. Perfect. Uh, anything you want to ask Bruce as well before we move on to the next part? No, it goes. It just it goes back a few minutes. But I just thought it was interesting listening to Craig about um, you know first impressions of the area and things like that. And we, we see we see and we've heard particularly since the club's fallen on harder times in the last sort of fifteen years or so. Um, you know, it, it being hard to attract players here. But I, I just think it's a bit of a proof of the pudding of how many actually stay you know when they when their career's finished people the amount that you look that are settled around here people like yourself you know sort of um smithy Roger, woodsey you know there's quite a child see there's, there's there's quite a lot of the former players have actually sort of made home here yeah i think you, you get a perception of an area um and until you actually come to that area and live in in the area you don't know a lot about it and um me personally, I, I found it absolutely superb. Um, and I'm in I'm in market raisers. I'm a little bit out of out of Grimsby, but um, we go back there regular, and it's a um, fantastic place, fantastic people. And um, like you say, maybe it does have that initial struggle to attract people to come to the club. But I think if if you do and you give it a chance, as like you say, people don't want to leave the place because it's a fantastic area. Um, to be honest, Craig, you may probably not have noticed this in the same way we as fans did, but obviously uh, in the second season we made the uh, FA Trophy final. Um, first thing I was going to ask really there was, obviously, you. well, let's be honest, you got a red card without ever actually being shown it, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, what did uh, Dean Keats uh, say to the referee after straight after? Because he was up on his feet pretty quick. Yeah, I, I can't actually remember what he said, but um, I actually saw a thing, a video of it on Twitter the other day with the Welsh commentary. It wasn't; it was a while back, and it was it's hilarious listening to that. Um, but yeah, he, he just got up and didn't make a meal of it because I've, I've seen it back, and I should have been sent off a hundred percent. What I was thinking, I've no idea because uh, it's not really in my nature to to make a tackle like that. But um, yeah, I think the because um, it was so early in the game, I think the ref sort of 
erred on the side of caution for me and um, he really looked after me and, and, and Keatsy as well you know played against Keatsy a lot over the years and he's a he's a he's a top lad and he's uh, I've always got time to have a chat with him as well so um, I think it's the fact I sort of knew him a little bit before was another reason that he got up and, and didn't make a meal of it so I'm, I'm grateful for that so to, to borrow a phrase from the um, Bristol Rovers playoff game, was it because the referee didn't want to ruin the game so early then, do you think? Yeah, yeah, pretty much something like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although he could have done that other one, couldn't he, geez. <laughs> um, the, there was something that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago uh, in terms of being the coldest game. Is that up there for you? Because as fans in that stand at Wembley, we were absolutely Baltic, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I, I can remember we... When we travelled down, I think the day, a couple of days before, we, we I think we trained at Barnet, I think it was, and we were training in the snow. Um, it was freezing. Uh, my wife tells me all the time that it's the coldest game that she's ever been to in her life. Um, and to be honest, we didn't really perform that day, so we didn't really do a great deal to uh, to warm the fans up either. So uh, I think we could have no complaints on the day that we were we were much much the the worst side that day, and, and Wrexham fully deserved to win that game. In terms of the playoffs and everything that went through, did you feel that the, the team became uh, more adept? Um, obviously, the experience helped for yourself and some of the long-term players. Uh, did you feel more comfortable going to the playoff games as we were sort of missed out on opportunities at Newport, at Gateshead and so on? Uh, I, th- I think, yeah, I think a little bit. Um, because the first the first couple of playoffs, especially the Newport, the Newport games, we, we really didn't perform at all in them two games and didn't deserve to to go to Wembley um the gate said one um obviously a lot of things went against us in that game uh, especially the second leg um because I think we wouldn't have won that game if we'd have kept even kept 10 on the pitch um and who knows what could have happened but um yeah we just didn't want to become a team that was you know associated with failure uh, and I think especially the Bristol Rovers game, I, I fully thought we were going to win that game, even when it went to penalties. Um, but everything on the day just sort of, sort of seemed to conspire against us and it it wasn't going to be our day. So um, thankfully, a year later, it, it all came good. I thought, you- that, I thought that, sorry, Alex, I thought that Bristol Rovers game, that in extra time, they could hardly walk half their team. And we just, another five minutes of extra time, and, you know, we'd have 100 and, if we'd have played 35 minutes of extra time, we could easily have won the game. It was just, it was just a matter of when we scored and we just ran out of time in the end, I thought. Yeah, you saw, you saw all their players cramping up. And when you, when you seeing things like that, it makes you feel better and feel stronger as a team. Um, unfortunately, when you, when it goes to penalties, you just, you never know what's going to happen. So, um, it just wasn't to be that day, but I think um, to be on the losing side uh, on, on a final that day and the fans still be pretty happy with how everything's gone showed how, how well we did on the day. Does um, Did Wembley still... You were quite lucky to play there a fair few times, actually, but did it? Um, does it still have the same gravitas it did, say, at Forest Green? I mean, I won't include Halifax, because I think everyone was still hungover. <laughs> but. Yeah. Yeah, of course it does. To play at Wembley... Even once in your career is an absolute privilege. So to play there a few times myself, and even if I've been before, it might be the first time for another one of the players that are going. So um, amazing experience because you get to travel down a few days before and, and train down there and stay in, stay in a nice hotel and stuff and have that real team bonding down there as well. So uh, absolutely amazing experiences and would love to play there again one day. Can't see it happening again, but you never know. <laughs> no, there was no mind games as, as sort of the Forest Green players are there and you're saying hello to the lady on the door at Wembley. <laughs> that you've met. Hi, Marge, how are the kids sort of thing? Yeah, no, not quite, but um, I, I like your style. In the future, that could be a good one to use. Uh, yeah, it doesn't work at older shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you sort of, with the playoffs, sort of, the, we obviously come in so close every now and then, were there options for you to move on or even locally? I mean, there's no particular club we're pointing at here, even though it's on my notes, uh, but are there, were there, were there options for you? You were playing beautifully. It's got to admit. I think the only, only time it came close was, well, not close, but um, Bristol Rovers were interested, interested in me after the, I think it was a gate. It's the, the start of the season. They got promoted at Wembley. So um, I think it was after the gates said playoffs. That's, Daryl Clark rang me and, and had a chat and wanted to take me back down there. But um, 
to be fair, I just felt I had unfinished business and I, I really wanted to stay at the club and, and get the club promoted. That was my main aim. So um, there was a conversation, but there was never really a chance that it was going to happen. I mean, I, I would like to say on behalf of every town fan, thank God for that. But, <laughs> um, what was it? Braintree, the first leg. It was a strange affair before the how did you feel? Because Braintree almost felt like an, I mean, there may be even for you, a little bit of an arch nemesis, a bit of a bogey team in in, in when we were coming. They were almost like a Sam, a, a Sean Deitch sort of team yeah. of two banks of four. How did you feel going into the, after the first leg? And I mean, it was chaos on social media for some, but for most of us, relatively calm. Yeah, obviously we, we'd struggled against them. I don't think we'd scored that season against them, um, and the first leg wasn't wasn't great. And then after the game, obviously a lot of negativity on social media. Obviously the Hurst out banners, etc., on the bridge in Grimsby. Um, and I think seventy minutes into the second game, I was thinking we're never going to score. Um, I didn't think it was going to happen. Um, and then thankfully. The refs made a great spot with the penalty decision because that could have easily been missed and we could have been sitting here now, totally different story. So um, Podge scored the penalty and then after that, like you said about the Bristol Rovers final, you could see that <clears throat> Braintree had physically, they'd, they'd gone. Um, and um, we were only going to be one winner that day, I thought. And thankfully, Omar's popped it with a header and, and took us back to Wembley. Was I mean we're going to bookend this here now, Ian? Is this the hot? Was that the hottest game as well? Because I think I'll be honest, everyone in this in the stands had heat stroke <laughs> by the end of it. It's hot for a ginger, let me tell you that. So, <laughs> can, as a fellow ginger, Craig, I can agree with that. <laughs> it's it, was a real, screen on. it was a real funny one that one. I I nearly didn't go, and um, like you say, everyone. It, I mean, I didn't think we were going to qualify. I think we'd we'd lost we'd lost a game before the last playoff game as well, and. Uh, but I just felt that with one game to go, I couldn't give up on a whole season without going. And it turned out to be, you know, as you say earlier about Braintree, it's not the most attractive of places when you've been to Anfield and Highbury and Wembley and all these other places watching your club. But we are, you know, those at that 800 that, that stuck by the team that day and, and went, I think, were rewarded with a, with a very special day in the club's history. I just, I just remember it taking a good two hours to get home was it what happened henry were we on a bus or something yeah so braintree was a nightmare to get to anyway on the train and then after the game i think there was like severe disruption on the train lines and i was living in reading at the time and i ended up having to get a bus to Stansted. that was where we went (laughs) to then get back down into london and i just remember sort of the combination of the hangover and the heat stroke just hitting on that bus and i've (laughs) never felt so good and so bad at the same time it was was incredible henry i i uh, i got like i say it was a last minute decision but i wanted to have a few beers so i arranged a lift down there with a mate who was going to work in london after that straight from the game and i sorted out my lift home on the terrace I just, uh, I sort of, I saw a couple of people I knew, and it was like, hey, "You got room in your car for one more?" I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure somebody will be able to take me home in this 800. Oh God, could you imagine? I, are you, were you aware then, Craig? Sort of how special I, because to me, sort of walking away from the Braintree game and how that whole day played out, it just kind of there was that feeling that, um, just we weren't going to lose at Wembley. I just sort of had that feeling, sort of the whole sort of way the semi-finals went, I was just like, it just seemed to me that we just weren't going to lose next week. Were you aware as players at the time, just how special that day was um, sort of to the fans? And um, did you also feel the same way in terms of going into the next week to, to Forest Green? Yeah, I think, we, I think we did. I think many people have said, since then, <clears throat> sorry, since then, they, there's no way we're going to lose that game. Um, I don't think it was a, an arrogance sort of thing. I think we, we sort of felt we'd overcome the hardest hurdle and that was overturning the first leg defeat to, to get through to the final. Um, and we were just full of confidence going into the, into the final um, and never thought we'd ever lose the game. So um, thankfully it turned out that case, it didn't come back to bite us. And... Um, I think I think we knew I think how how big it was for the fans and, and big for the club. Um 
I think it was just such a massive relief for everyone to get to the final, um, especially myself, as you saw on the TV interview afterwards. I mean, that was so special. I mean, to, to, to have the game and then a two-hour journey home and then to, to, um, to get home to watch that interview was, was a beautiful night. And it really was. And um, it felt very much like, especially the Braintree second, second leg, was very much a game about you. I remember standing on the pitch. I don't even know how I got on the pitch. Uh, chanting at you as I think, I think you're being interviewed by Radio Humberside. And there was an overwhelming sense of love for you, wasn't there, throughout at the it end? It was, yeah. Um, it sort of blew up a little bit um, on social media afterwards. Um, but I still can't explain to this day where where it came from to be honest um i think it was just such a overriding feeling of relief i think was the main thing um so it was uh yeah it sort of went down well with with a lot of the fans and um you know i still get stick to it to this day but it's uh it's not like you can see on the internet anywhere is it <laughs> or, or here <laughs> <laughs> um but no, I think um, I think the thing what what the thing was that that day you, you obviously genuinely cared and, and and not just that day but you know through your whole time with the, with the club and I think since we were relegated from you know in two thousand and three four from League One as it is now we'd had so I mean the lads will agree we'd had so many journeymen and people passing through just to pick up wages and and you know for somebody to genuinely care for the club and care for their own you know because you know sometimes they come and and they're happy just to pick up a wage and, and they're not even caring for their own reputation really with that either. And and I think that just changed with, with you and with a lot of the members of that team. I think that's why the fans, you know, why, why they're so fondly remembered. Yeah, it was um, obviously you do see it in, in football where people have a lot of clubs and they don't have a lot of allegiance to a club. Um, but if I, if I'm at a, a club, I'm, I'm giving my all. Um, and if you do that, you you tend to stay at a place for longer, and then you grow an affinity with that club. And I genuinely, genuinely love my time at the club. And you know, you people say all the time about relationship with the fans, etc. But you know, I had my ups and downs on social media and stuff with with fans over the years, mainly the early years, saying I should be released and etc. etc. But um, it was in the whole absolutely amazing, and um, I, I can't thank them enough for how they were towards me in my time at the club one of the things i'm really looking forward to and one of the things that you won't know about the the wembley game is what i i we're all you gentlemen in the torch bruce ian were you guys in the pub beforehand uh but one of the things about wembley was um as you're there all the old former players that have stayed around the local area were there as well so yeah. you're kind of getting a drink and then you've got um, someone like Tony Gallimore there and Mark Levers there and you're getting all these sort of like, I think Henry, you came up to me at one point and nudged me go, Kevin Donovan's over there. Go have a look. Yeah, and, uh, there's, it, it's just like you turn around and like Martin Gritton's there and just, yeah, just so many like former players like Danny North, all, all of them really. I, I just remember um, various people just saying, oh, they bumped into so-and-so sort of throughout the day. Um, they just, just sort of adds to the occasion. So next time we get to Wembley, Craig, we'll be expecting your attendance. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I can't wait to get to, a, to an away Beers. game. It'll be a different class. Beers on Alex, Alex, can I just chuck this in for a second then? I've yeah, got a little, yeah, little, video, little video outside of Wembley, which I took, which, uh, which, I, which I always enjoy watching. Yeah, sure. <laughs> While you're in the calm dressing room, <laughs> it's, it's a completely different day for the fans and the players, yeah. isn't it? It's a completely different day. You're you're probably more sober than you've ever been in your life, and and <laughs> and, and, and majority of the fans are, are either you know are, are either absolutely high on sort of on on life, if you like, or they've or they've had a few beers. That's I've seen that video before. It's it's unbelievable. Um, you know. It, Gives gives you goosebumps. To be fair, it's and you think you were there that day. It's absolutely amazing that you can affect, you know, people's lives in such a positive way. It's uh, it's incredible. Who is it? Isn't it uh, Hannah who comes on our podcast every now? I think her dog's called Disley. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, I know. I know you mean. Yeah, there's quite a few Disley's pets out there. It's it's very very strange, but you know, it's uh, you know, it's it's quite a compliment. Absolutely. Um, 
I mean, in the summer, were you surprised with how quickly the team not came apart, but kind of moved on to bigger and better things for some of them and, and others just just went? Was that a bit of a, a shock? Yeah, because um, obviously when you've just been promoted back to the Football League, you expect the majority of the sides to, to stay together. Um, but there was a lot of change, um, which was disappointing uh, in my point of view, because um, I, I fully believe that if that that team had stayed together, I think they would definitely got into into League One by now, hundred percent, or at least into the playoffs. Because I think if you look at League Two now, I don't think it's the the strongest league, um, and I think that that side was a really good side, and I think they could have competed definitely at the top end of League Two uh, the following season, but it wasn't to be. So uh, that's a shame. Something we'll never really know. It seems it seems sort of reading between the lines as well that you know the fans all often blame the the board for for some of the decisions and but but am I right in thinking that some of it some of the decisions were Paul's to let people go? I think I think you don't think you'll ever really know, but I think at the end of the day, the manager is the manager, and you like to think that he has the final say on on all his comings and goings. So um, whether it was down to finances, etc., and players wanting more than what the club could afford I'm not sure but um, at the end of the day the, the gaffer is the man who, who makes the decision so um, we've just got to see it as that's what it is and you know I could say people like like Podge uh, should never really been allowed to, to lead the club in my opinion um, but it happens in football and, and, and that's just one of the things when um, it happens at Grimsby yeah <laughs> <laughs> regularly uh, um in terms of uh, when Paul left for Shrewsbury, how did you guys find out? I mean, I assume it wasn't on Twitter. <laughs> I can't actually, I can't remember actually to the day, but um, I think rumours had been circulating anyway that that something was happening and that, that he was off. Um, and I, I just think we came into training one day and uh, the next thing that Moro was taking the side. So um, disappointing it was, but um, obviously... The gaffer had his issues with with things regarding whether it's true or not, fitness coaches, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, he chose to move on, and it was time for us to, you know, play under a new manager and a, a fresh start for for a lot of people. So um, it was disappointing because I was, you know, I love love playing for for the gaffer, and um, but like I said before, that's football. People people come and go, and you know, come full circle now, and, and he's back. Were you ever disappointed by, say, the facilities or, or the training staff at the club, especially when we when we got promoted? Were you were you expecting as a player, sort of back in the football league, um, sort of access to more analytics, that kind of thing, or were you sort of used to it from sort of the non-league days, um, sort of the more limited things? I think uh, I'm from the old school, so um, obviously it was none of this was even a thing when I when I started playing, and I was I was used to playing with the bare minimums, etc. You've you've got your boards, you've got your cones, you've got a pitch to train on. Um, what more do you really need? So uh, I know I know football's moving with the times now, and things are changing, and obviously tactical analysis and sports science, etc., is totally different nowadays. But um, I wasn't expecting a great deal to change if I'm honest and um, obviously the gaffer wanted things to change in a different direction it, they just couldn't agree on things I was caught in two minds of what to ask next um, <laughs> um, yeah okay so I mean obviously there's a fair few changes as well and I was just looking at the team that sort of played in your last game with Barnet, and I mean we were all far too distracted wearing Mexican hats <laughs> um, to, 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 to notice but had you made up your mind there and then that was your that would be did you know that would be your last game for town um, I think it was actually the home game I played in after that which was, was my, was oh, my yeah, last oh yeah sorry yeah my apologies um, yeah I, I wasn't sure um, I think deep down in my heart I knew that it was going to be it because they had a lot of midfielders that were on contract anyway for the for the year after um and whether Russell did want to keep me or not, I'm not sure. But um, there was no room for any manoeuvre in that that situation. So I sort of knew in my heart of hearts that was going to be it. Um, but you always live in hope and hope there'd be another another contract 
there for me, but unfortunately it wasn't to be and it was time that I had to move on. Gentlemen, before I move on to the, the masses questions, have you got anything you'd like to add while I pick out ones that aren't about darts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know who that's from as well, so don't oh, worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's something I just wanted to ask Craig. Obviously, after the um, Bristol Rovers playoff game was the uh, operation promotion. You mentioned, obviously, that the fans were relatively happy going away from the Bristol Rovers game, which is quite strange losing the playoff final and then um, galvanised for operation promotion. How aware were the members of the team and what sort of impact did that have on the you as, as a squad kind of thing? I think it's... It's phenomenal, really. Obviously, on social media, it's hard to to miss a lot of things, and for the fans to to dig in their own pockets and put their hard-earned money into something to help help the club and help the team, I think it's something incredible. Not something you'd see at a lot of clubs, and I think that sort of sets the Grimsby Town fans apart from from many others. Because, um, like I say, for them to do that, it was absolutely incredible, and the amount of money that was raised. I can't remember the total off my top of my head, but it was. Absolutely unbelievable and uh, something that really the lads took great pride in and really had to dig deep now to, to show their, their thanks on the pitch. Yeah, just one from, from me, Craig, if you don't mind. I, um, we've talked about the big games, but there are some games for me as a fan and for, I'm sure for the other lads as, as fans that were that stand out from your last, sort of, particularly your last couple of seasons with us. Um, you know, the, 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 the wigs at Woking and the... Uh, and the, um, I mean, the the Barnet game after the after the guy with the beach ball was assaulted at, at Forest Green. Um, I've got the I've got the goals from the Barnet game, and that that was for me. That was a I turned up as a you know apart from me and the other lads are exiled now, but um, I turned up expecting you know sort of three or four hundred town fans, and there were nearly a thousand town fans turned up just because it had suddenly got the the interest levels were were, were pricked because of the what had gone on at uh, at Forest Green the away game before. And we had a we had a great day, and it, and it was a great result in the end against top of the league. And finally, it was us that scored twice in the last couple of minutes. And yeah, like go on, all right. I've got the goals as well, which uh, just just the last two, and the uh, the Zimmer from the <laughs> Yeah, with that was that was the season of Bristol Rovers. I think that was fourteen fifteen, and and we'd yeah. we'd we'd had lots of like I say, we seems to have been on the end of lots of last minute goals and lots of lots of sort of um, disappointment. And and that that day in particular, we just we played well. We took the lead. They scored an absolute blinding equaliser, and and we deserved to win really. And and like I say, we scored two last minute goals, and uh, it was it was quite a quite a lively day, a good day. And I'm sure were, were any of you you other lads there. Yeah, I was, and I... were you there, Alex? I was there with Tom, certainly. Yeah, I was with you and your American mate, whoever went to, only went to every oh. amazing games. Oh yeah, Abe. Yeah, Craig. Uh, you and Macca have got an American fan club from my old housemates. Uh, just to oh, make you right. aware, they they went to they went to probably nearly twenty town games, I think, over the over the non-league days. But they were, I think, they were hooked on the Barnet day, especially. That day, that day was awesome, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Um... Just the atmosphere is incredible. I think, obviously, when you score late on as well and you, and you win the game, it makes it extra special. But that game and, and the Woking game as well, um, Wigs at Woking, different class, so funny. And um, like I say, we win the game again and it just makes it such an extra special day. And some great days out that, that year. And that was the time that I sort of felt the, the team and the fans were really together as one. Um, um, it was absolutely great times. It was only last week that we showed the um, the it was the anniversary of the Welling game when we, when uh, Podge got a hat trick and you got one yeah and uh, it, again I just I turned up walked out the tube station you know into the pub and then sort of strolled down about five to three and there were town fans queuing around the ground and um, they ended up having to open home turnstiles to let the town fans in because again 
there were, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, somebody, but there were, you know, eight or 900 town fans there in, you know, in wherever we were in London. Um, it was, uh, it was, you know, like you say, we just, after Christmas, particularly after Christmas, I think that year, it just, it just, it just felt special. Yeah, I totally agree. It was, it was amazing. Um, that obviously comes with added pressure as well when you when you've got more more away fans and home fans at, at games. It um, it does add that added pressure because it, it feels more like a home game, especially at these you know little grounds. Um, not very big, not not the best grounds. So, um, but that sort of, that sort of drives you on in the right direction. And like you say, after Christmas that year, we sort of went on a really good run and just didn't quite make it um, to get automatic. So, Craig, we had sort of many really special memories as a team and as a club sort of with the fans as well. But looking back, what do you think was your best sort of individual performance as a player? Oh God, put me on the spot now. Um, trying to think, I, probably, I don't know if it was my best performance, but probably one of the most, my important goals was the, um, the forest green away when we, when we won 1-0. Um, I only remember it because I was having a stinker at the time and, giving the ball away for fun and then managed to, to pop up with a, with a goal, which turned out to be the winner. So um, that, that's a memory that, that sticks out for me as, as a great game. And it was a, a big one at the time as well, because I think Forest Green were right at the top of the league as well. So um, yeah, that's one of the, one of my best memories, definitely. Yeah. Alex and I remember that fondly because that was the, pretty much the birth of the podcast. I think uh, sat on that, sat on your sofa watching, watching that. Um, <laughs> Oh yeah, it was on the telly, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I think, big then. <laughs> I think, yeah, just, just, just to finish my point, I think sort of reflecting and try to remember all the games. Sort of the game that typifies sort of a classic Disney performance for me was probably the Lincoln game where Gowling got sent off one-one. Uh, uh, it's a it's a one-one draw. We were down to ten men for about an hour, but I just thought you you just ran the midfield that day. Um, and pretty much any game against Lincoln, really, Craig, you just sort of bossed it. <laughs> no, I remember that game, actually, because obviously we went down to 10 men and, like you say, we dominated the game because Lincoln just sort of resorted to long ball football. And, you know, I think we, we played really well that day. We should have been been ahead in the game before before they got the penalty. Um, and oh, there were always great games against Lincoln, Um some reason just sort of had the had the knack as well of, of scoring goals, which is always always nice. But um yeah, amazing atmospheres and the amount of people we took to Sinsel Bank every time and sort of, you know, created the whole atmosphere ourselves was uh, was incredible and they were great days. Ian, what were you gonna say? Uh, to be honest, Henry has just asked the exact same questions that I was going to ask and mentioned the exact same games. So, Good stuff. You know, that's just how in tune we are. Um, but something I was just going to ask as well, Craig, while you were obviously with us, um, there's a few players who've obviously moved on to bigger and better things and, and indeed a couple of players playing in the Premiership now from those teams as well, uh, like Connor Townsend, for example. But was there anybody there that you thought was was underrated by the fans or even by the manager maybe? Um, I think someone that looking the other day, I was actually looking at his highlights for some reason. I don't know why. Was uh, Scott Nielsen? Um, I thought he was absolutely unbelievable. Um, just didn't quite, for some reason whatsoever, re- reach the heights um, in his career. Because talent-wise, he was absolutely incredible. So um, great lad as well. Typical Cockney. Um, cheeky geezer but um yeah he was uh i think he was was appreciated by the fans because they can see what a good player he was but i just don't think he really reached the heights that, that he could have lockdown must be really hitting you craig because you seem to have spent a lot of time googling yourself and your teammates i've got to say it's, it's youtube isn't it you just you put it on and anything comes up you don't know where you find yourself so uh <clears throat> just reminiscing of the good times that's all it is um i was getting so are you gentlemen ready for for the the masses Good. The first question was from uh, a James M of Grimsby who, who wanted to know, uh, ask him, who was the best card player in our card school? Uh, James M. I don't remember playing with him. Uh, well, if it came to hearts, I'll have to give it to Maka. He was a, he, he was a good hearts player, that's for sure. But um, no, that, that's one thing I do miss uh, about football is, you know, away trips and your card schools and stuff on overnight stays. It was uh, always great. 
<laughs> we'll go we'll go back to his in a second but james uh james how wanted to know what exactly went on after brody skied that penalty which is still in orbit what do you mean him leaving the club not long after or i guess so yeah i guess so what went on after yeah i unless i i can't remember the game there wasn't any brouhaha afterwards was there no Straight it was um yeah i think he was um <clears throat> he was quite a character uh Brode. um he was a nice lad, but um, he wasn't really um, good for the team morale, should I say. So um, <clears throat> I remember having a chat with um, the gaffer and Rob Scott on the way back on the bus from Wembley. And um, they just asked me my thoughts. Um, so I told them what, what I, I thought. And it's not, not, not my fault, but then he, he seemed to disappear then the, the following week. So I'll leave it there. <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> Um, someone called Showtime wanted to know if you're better at badminton or darts. Is this? I don't know what this leaked. That, that's my friend. So um, okay, I, I, I beat him at either whatever he wants to play, basically. So um, no, he's uh, obviously before lockdown, etc. He's played darts every week at, at his house. So um, it, it, it was it was close, but um, I, I took home the, the title in 2020. So. Uh, it's his home game as well, so he's got his own board, so he needs to improve for 2021, that's for sure. You should have taken the dartboard from uh, work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they got in trouble then, would they? Yeah. So. Um, Richard Young uh, asked a question that probably uh, Ian touched on. He said, just how good were Connor Townsend and Dean Henderson? And were you surprised they went on to play in, in the Premier League? Were there, was there a big difference, or was it because they were quite young, there wasn't? Hmm. Yeah, I think especially um, looking at Connor um fantastic player fantastic talent um especially coming in with such a young lad on loan to us um there's not many people that can sort of dominate a game from left back um which is what he did for us uh absolutely fantastic and i was absolutely amazed that he got released by hull or left the club um but to me no definitely no surprise even the premier league absolutely unbelievable talent um Sorry, and as, as for Dino as well, I think he came in and, and you could see what a confident player he was. Uh, brilliant coming for crosses, etc. Um, whether I thought he'd be playing in the Premier League, I'm not sure, but I think he just shows that he's, he's gone from strength to strength and uh, got a fantastic future ahead of him, I'm sure. We'll be man use number one in, in years to come. Um on Dean Henderson, Craig, something I've been told by a member of the team during that season was that he essentially walked in the door at the club and was quite open in telling people that he was going to be a Man United goalkeeper one day. Is that, when you talk about his confidence, is that exactly how he was? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think if you obviously follow him on social media, he has his, um, his soon on top catchphrase, isn't it, which, um, which he uses. Uh, but he was a proper confident lad and had a belief in his ability and I think if you you think that way and you believe that way it can take you a long a long way in your career and I think he's shown that he's done brilliant for the Sheffield United obviously last year and um, he, he's had his chance in, in the cup competitions this year for Man United and just shows what a long way he's come and he's going to have a long and successful career I've no doubt uh, one of the questions, actually, this is a game we didn't touch. We didn't touch on. George Smith wanted to know how did the lads feel after the late defeat to Huddersfield in the FA Cup? It, for him, it undoubtedly, it was his best performance he'd seen since supporting Town. Obviously, um, gutted uh, when you play against a Championship side and you take the lead twice um, to concede late on. You you hope, hoping for it for a replay at least to uh, obviously concede the goal in the last minute with the way it was as well with the Aswad finish not quite sure I managed that to be fair still to this day but um, yeah obviously gutted but um, when, when you, you go out and you give a, a good account of yourselves and you, you do the club proud and and the fans proud I don't think you can ask for any more than that so it would have been nice to have the replay and go to, go to Huddersfield but unfortunately it wasn't to be uh, James M pops up again <laughs> with uh can he remember any horses that won the day we had free bar and food at Cheltenham? I can Ballyandy. Ballyandy, sorry. Last race of the last race of the day it was um we were all on the same horse. Um <clears throat> random one was stood next to Will Meller for some reason. Um 
and we were all cheering him on up the, up the, up the straight and, uh, you know, managed to get a hug with Will Mello when he won at the end as well. So uh, an amazing day and it was, uh, it was all free as well, which made it extra special. Best day in Will Mello's <laughs> life, mate. Uh, who was sick in Sean's brand new car on the way back? James M. James oh, M. Follow <laughs> James M. <laughs> and then uh, Mike uh, Mike McMahon says, uh, "Do you fancy a game?" I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'd love to. I've not played for about three months, so I don't know what sort of nick I'd be in. But um, yeah, it's uh, obviously, unfortunately, I think them days are past now. As much as I wish they wasn't. You'll be fine. Some of this team haven't Are played you... for about six or seven months, so don't worry about that. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get you down on a Monday night, Dave. We've got, we've got a lad that comes from market raising every week. Oh, you're all right. I'll get a lift. <laughs> um, are, you, are you looking forward to playing for Broadley? And are you kind of aware of the players that you're playing yeah, with? Yeah, obviously, I've seen um, seen the names that are coming. Obviously, great names associated with the club in the past. Um, fingers crossed, they'll still be one of the fittest, looking at a few of the names. Um <laughs> But it's all for an amazing cause. And if it comes off, fingers crossed, when all this COVID stuff's finished, it's going to be an amazing occasion for everyone. So um, can't wait for it to happen. I'm looking forward to a three across the middle of uh, yourself, Powton and Groves. And I'll be entirely honest, I think that's all you need in a midfield. I don't know what you gentlemen think about that. No, I, no, I, 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 was, I was being polite for once. I was trying to work. But I, uh, I bet Grosie, I bet Grosie can still get about the pitch, even though he's in his fifties or whatever he is now. Uh, he just looks never looks any older. I'm just, I'm just slightly worried of who's going to try and take the leadership role. If I'm being entirely honest, because <laughs> you've got you've got a fair few captains in there. Um, but uh, we're all going to be really looking forward to it, uh, definitely. Um, Ant Porter said. Uh, Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, do you feel uh, unwelcome coming back to the club as some players have done, or is it might change recently? No, not at all. I've. Um, I'm trying to think if I've been back to the club since I since I left. I'm not actually sure, um, but I've no doubt. If obviously when fans are allowed back, um, no doubts so I'll be welcome back at the club. Um, still in touch with a, a lot of people there. Um, so no, I've nothing like that, that ever uh, would cross my mind. I'd be more than welcome back, I'm sure. Did uh, did Paul get in touch with you before the announcement came out? He was coming back. No, no, he didn't. Uh, I messaged him after just to to wish him all the best, um, and uh, you know, just wish, like I say, just wish him all the best for the for the challenge. And um, you know, he's really looking forward to it and uh, looking looking to get stuck in. Uh, well, I guess kind of on a follow-up on that, George asked, um, can you see yourself doing it, coming back into management at court, coaching sort of role? Uh, anything like that on the horizon? At the minute in time, no, I don't think so. Um, but I'd, I'd never say never because you, you don't know what's going to happen uh, in, in football. So um, I'd definitely be open to something. But at the minute, it's not something I'm looking, looking at. Um, I've actually... Strange as it may sound, I've sort of enjoyed the break from from football since since COVID started in terms of playing, etc. So I've been able to spend time with the family. Um, but I, don't, I, I honestly don't know. It's um, something that I'd never say never to. Um, so who knows in the future? Uh, I've got to get this one in because Matt, who um, so kindly put us in touch with you, uh, what did Hursty expect of you as a captain? Was there, Did it change from manager to manager? I think with Hursty, I think it was for me, it was just to set standards um, from everything to the to training ground, to the to the eating your dinner, to uh, performing on the pitch. Um, so, and it, like I said previously, he was harsh on me sometimes. Um, I remember uh, after we got promoted and I'd sort of gone in for the new contract, etc. He, he sort of told me, look, you know, you're going to have to be on your best. You have to perform to your maximum where you won't be, pl- you won't play next year because I'm bringing, <laughs> bringing new people in. So, um, uh, that, that's how it was me, but that, <clears throat> that was good in a way. It sort of drove me on. And I've said before, it raised my standards to, to be the best that I could be. Um, 
So uh, we've talked really about the <coughs> about the battle, but do you miss the banter with the players and what are your thoughts <coughs> on the state of football now? Trevor, he, he hasn't been retired for a decade. <laughs> it seems like it seems so long ago since since I finished. Or is it four years now? Um, I think I think that is the main thing. You do miss the day to day camaraderie, uh, changing room banter and stuff like that, and that is one thing I really do miss and obviously playing games in front of a, a crowd on a Saturday as well. Um, but like I say, it, it seems so long ago now since I, I was playing professional football. Um, time just seems to fly and just don't know what, what's happening and where it's going. I think Matt is in for a little bit of a humble brag here because he says, uh, what was going through your head as I passed you the trophy at Wembley? <laughs> <laughs> Give it here quickly. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, to, to have the opportunity to, to do that and, to captain aside and to lift the trophy it's a uh, what what an amazing memory and something that will live with me forever it's um i don't think words can describe the uh, the feelings that we all felt that day is it as good as we all imagine it would be yeah i think it is plus plus a hundred times again over it's um it's what it's what you dream of as a kid i think uh everyone dreams of lifting the fa cup probably when they're a child when they're a child so uh to be the captain as well such an important game to get the club back in the football league it was uh Something that you, I don't think you can describe, and something that I'll, I'll cherish forever. Only uh, enough, Alex. Um, yeah, I, I happen to have that. Oh, nice one. Would you like to wear this? Is I was door? I was far too drunk at this moment. <laughs> Town want a free kick. They don't get it, but they've got the ball to Nolan. Nolan on the left hand side. Does he go? He's going inside here to Hoover who hits it. Falls to Arnold. Arnold. That's it. will go forward the players waving their arms getting the fans going ready for the big moment and here we go with Craig Disley lifting the trophy that means Grimsby Town are back in the football league the champagne is flowing the players are jumping the fans away to the right hand side are celebrating because they know what this moment means what this moment means it's been so long coming you just don't get bored of that any of us do we <laughs> i just like nave dropping the lid there at the end <laughs> don't know if you've noticed that i've never even noticed that i've just been i've not been able to see my eyes have been too too misty <laughs> yeah the lid flies off the cup at the end there so oh no um bj asked that's not your name uh what <laughs> what does he uh so i kind of go around that i'll skirt around this question sort of you started at the club when things weren't all rosy and obviously that moment sort of encapsulate where we got to. Can you, can you put your finger on what changed at that time? Was it just the, the, the recruitment? Was it a change in, was it confidence? Is there any one thing? I think it's, I think it's a bit of both. I think obviously there was good recruitment and you've got to congratulate the, the manager for getting the right players in. Um, and I think a lot of it is down to team spirit. I think that, in the the two years, I think obviously the Bristol Rose year and the, and the year after, the team spirit and the camaraderie that the team had between each other was incredible. Uh, the best that I've had in my career as a player. Uh, all the lads got on and they they were prepared prepared to to run through brick walls for each other and for the manager. Um, and I think that went a long way to to the success that we had. Who was uh, Paul Ass? Who was your favourite uh, midfield partner whilst at town? And who do you feel brought the best out of you? Oh, tough one. Um, There's a few players listening into this, is there? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I doubt it. Not to me. Um, I'm trying to think now. Um, I think obviously when when Craig Clay and, and Scott Brown came in, I think. Um, you know, they sort of kept me out of the side for a, for a little while, um, and I really enjoyed playing with both them players. Um, Craig Clay, someone I think who probably didn't get enough credit for how good a player he was for us, uh, to be honest. In in the short time I was there, and he was, I think we as a as a pair sort of complemented each other pretty well. Um, I think it was a big decision in the final when um, the gaffer 
you know, put John Nolan out on the left-hand side and, and me and Craig in the middle. Um, so I think someone in terms of a pair who complemented each other quite well was was probably me and him. And um, that that day we um, we played well and and got where we needed to be in the end. Absolutely. Um, so excluding, so let's take out Braintree and let's take out um, the game at Forest Green. Steve asks, uh, what was your favourite memory memory from playing at town? Favourite memory? Uh, what, not including the, the playoff final? Yeah, right? he's making it tougher for you. Um, or Forest Green away, did you say? Oh, no, Forest Green away. Yeah, you can have that. Absolutely. <laughs> actually, no, actually, no, I've got another one. I think it was... Um, it's one of my fa- for, I don't know if it's my favourite moment, but it's definitely one of my favourite moments was the uh, Boxing Day game at, at Lincoln. Uh, I think we I think he took us top that day when I scored sort of an overhead side bicycle sort of kick goal off the crossbar, which um, I think we beat him 4-1 that day um, to take us top, if I remember right. And uh, yeah, that was a, a great day and an amazing feeling because I think we... I don't know how many we had there that day, but it must have been a thousand at least, and a great, great atmosphere, and yeah, brilliant day. There were a few years, weren't there, where we went there every every Christmas, and it was good for three points. For two or three seasons, we just won there every year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was. Um, we had some great games against Lincoln over the years. Uh, obviously, they they had their odd odd game where they'd win, but I think in general we were we were dominant over them years while I was at the club, especially. Um, They've sort of turned it around a little bit now. Pains me to say, but um, you know, fingers crossed. You know, good times are coming, and we'll be able to catch them again soon. Absolutely. Just, have- on, the, just on those regular games with Lincoln, then, Greg. Um, sort of, they're a fierce rivalry for the fans, um, but they also had a few recurring players like Matt Reed and uh, a few others. Did you did you have any particular rivalries with any particular players from that side, or was it just a, a general team thing? Uh, not really. I know a lot of people used to compare me and Alan Power quite a little bit. Um, so it was always nice to get the better of him in games. Um, but in, in general, like you say, Matt Reed, it was always always a handful to play against, and always I think he used to love winding the, the fans up again. And he was he was a difficult player to play against. He was he's effective no matter what you say about his size, etc. Um, and he always made things difficult for us. But um, the games in general were just always great atmospheres and. And great games to play in. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask the question about town having a reputation as being minge bags. <laughs> I don't even minge think that's bags. a question. KFC or pizza? No, that's not a good one. Uh, KFC. Yeah, KFC is it? Yeah, all day. It's a well document. So Cam says it's a well documented that the 15 16 team had a great chemistry. How important was that in the promotion effort, and what uh, what needs to be done to bring it back? Uh, like I said to you before, it was the team spirit was absolutely second to none, and it did take us a long, long way. Um, I think now with the, the gaffer was a player that we all wanted to play well for and do well for. So um, now he, he's back at the club. Um, hopefully, when he gets the players and that he wants to get in, he'll be able to rebuild that spirit and that that team bond and. Um, It'll show in, in performances and, and moving the club in the right direction. Um, I have no doubts that he's the right, right man to do that. Um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing how he gets on with it all. Uh, Chris Kirk wanted to know um, if you finished your accountancy course. <coughs> I finished my first, my level two about five, six years ago now and not, not done anything else since. So uh, it was a bit of a waste of time at the minute, to be honest. So, <laughs> uh, And then I think, We'll finish on this one as well then, and then I'll pass over to you gentlemen if there's anything else you'd like to ask. Thomas, and this is hopefully going to give us a little bit of hope for the future. Uh, what was your relationship like with Paul Hurston? What's his biggest strength as a manager? <clears throat> Obviously, I, I, like I said, I had a really good relationship with Paul. Um, and he, he's just a, he's a good people person. Um, obviously, <clears throat> in terms of tactics, etc., I've not played with him now for a good few years but he's he's a, a manager that you want to play for and run through brick walls for um, and I've no doubt he'll instill that into the team going forward um, and hope for a, for a bright future definitely Perfect, gentlemen, is there anything you'd like to ask? 
one of the best midfielders of our time before I <laughs> so wrap up. You had a great six years with the club, Craig, and we'll all remember it really fondly. But if you could go back and do it again, would you do anything differently? No, I don't think so. I think um, I think the disappointments along the way, playoff semi-final defeats, playoff final defeats, sort of made that that day at Wembley when we when we got promoted extra special. Um, it probably made it better than it would have been if we'd have got promoted the year before. I think, uh, strange as it may sound, but um, no, I wouldn't do anything different. It was absolutely an amazing journey, um, and we all got to where we want to be in the end. So uh, that's the main thing that I'm thankful for. Yep. If there was um, one player from your time that you think would be perfect to go into the club now, at the peak, we're not talking now, of course, because we're a few years down the line. Who do you think at the moment would be the best person to walk in that door and, and galvanise everybody? Uh, I think, um, obviously, the club are, are missing a goal scorer at the minute. So I think someone like Podge would be fantastic even now. Um, scores goals and will always score goals. I think, you know, 37 that, that one season for, for the club. So um, I think the club need a goal scorer. I think someone like Podge now would, would be brilliant for the club. Um, obviously, that's probably something that won't happen. But um, if you can find someone in that sort of mould who's going to score you 15, 20 goals a season, it's going to be great for the club going forward. Thank you very much, Craig. That was so kind of you for joining us. Thank you so much. And for I think I speak on behalf of every town fan. Thank you for the incredible years that you had with us and and, and the memories you left with us. And uh, we'll hopefully be able to all meet up for drinks in the future, especially at Broadly, uh, as we'll yeah, all be come. crying <laughs> on the sidelines. <laughs> no, at least it's not me crying this time, so that's all right. <laughs> no, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. That's all right. It'll just be a lot of uh, uh, middle-aged men acting like it's, what is it, a BTS concert or whatever it is <laughs> in the corner. Um, brilliant. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining as well. We will all be back very shortly. We were recording on Sunday as well after we talk. What, who are we playing? I don't even want to look. South End. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're playing South End and we've lost. we're doing the opposite of transfers at the moment, but that's all right. We'll see how it goes. Uh, see you on Sunday. Thank you.